When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck And this is Playing Playing With with Science. Science. Today we head for the beach and we are so amped. Yes, we are. We may shoot the curl. We might have to bail. We will probably get mullered. And if you understand any of that, you then are no Barney. (laughs) Dude. That's the only surfer term I know. You know, helping us to stay away from the gnarly stuff and steer us to the serious science of the big waves is William Patzert, oceanographer at NASA and super cool surfer dude himself from California. Then we go all pro with professional surfer and big wave champion Paige Alms, who is based in Maui. Yeah. I don't like her already. Isn't that cool? Right. There are few sites in sport that are as awesome as seeing a surfer take on the big waves, make that huge descent, and then emerge through the barrel. It is breathtaking and possibly the most fun you can have with physics. And when I say awesome, I don't mean it in that cliched way. I actually really mean it is awesome. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful thing to behold, to watch somebody drop in and ride a wave and shoot the curl and come out at the end of that barrel and stand up. It really looks like a human being triumphing over the entire ocean. Take that, Mother Nature. Albeit temporarily, because we don't like to upset her. That's for sure. She does have a temper. Mm -hmm. So introduce our new best friend. Our new best friend is Mr. Bill Patzert, who is a NASA oceanographer and a former surfer. Oh, I don't know. Should I say former? Bill, welcome to the show. And do you still surf, my friend? Okay. Aloha, dudes. Uh, Aloha. I I could have been, I should have been a contender, but... I spent too much time in the classroom, got my PhD, but uh, I've been surfing now for over 50 years. Wait. Modest surfing. Take a bow, sir. Wow. That's fabulous. That is amazing. So that's a lifelong surfing career, really. You you seem to have a unique approach on the sport of surfing, being an oceanographer. So has it been an advantage to have this, I'll call it inside knowledge, of the oceans? as regards to getting the best out of your surfing? 
Well, you know, the, the answer to that, of course, is yes and no. You know, it, it's one thing to know the physics, but it's another thing to be a great surfer. Hmm. And, uh, all world-class athletes, either you have it or you don't. And uh, I definitely did not have it, all right? <laughs> all right. Mod- modesty is – we appreciate some modesty. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what would be what would be the the biggest wave you actually claim to have surfed? Well, uh, you know, back in the '60s and the early '70s, uh, I lived in Hawaii. I was at graduate school at the University of Hawaii, and uh-huh. uh, the, the schedule was you'd get up before dawn, mm-hmm. get the surf was up, head for the North Shore. You know, either uh, Sunset Beach or Makaha. That's right. Uh, the you know, I can remember paddling out and all of a sudden finding myself looking down the face of a 25-foot wave yep. and thinking, what the hell am I doing here? All right. <laughs> and so I definitely met, almost met my maker. But, uh, you know, yeah. it was exciting. It was exhilarating. And I actually dropped in and wiped out. And that was it. <laughs> was that the extent of your big wave surfing career right there? something something you said about you going out to sunset beach pre-dawn made me think because we're going to get on to where we find the biggest waves in the world but you said all of a sudden instantly a 25 foot wave pops up now there's got to be a reason why all of a sudden a wave that wasn't there is there in an instant well you know the uh, great waves in in, uh, the in the world are really a, a question of uh, where the great storms develop, which uh, build these great waves as they travel across the world's oceans. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, in uh, California, what comes to mind is uh, the, the great maverick swell uh, north of San Francisco, where waves reach 50 feet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely separates the, uh, the girls from the women and the boys from the men. And, and, of course, Hawaii is very famous. Yeah. Uh, Waimea Bay, when Waimea Bay closes out on a huge day, spectacular, 50 to 60 foot waves. But, uh, you know, there are different places, Tahiti, South Africa, yeah. even in the Atlantic. Australia is famous for its big waves. There are even great waves that form offshore, away from the continents, that... Uh, are, are, are totally phenomenal. So uh, there are these unique locations around the world. And uh, Kelly Slater would be able to tell you about that. Absolutely. And, and from, a, from a, an, uh, a standpoint of uh, oceanography, what causes the waves to form? Simply, it's the wind blowing across the sea surface that develops these waves. Now, for large waves... There are three factors. A great storm in the North Pacific, how long that storm blows and continues to develop, Mm -hmm. the strength of the storm, you know, sometimes you get winds 100, 200 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Whoops. And then how large an area. So that's the duration, the strength, and the fetch of the storm. And and now, of course, with uh, here at NASA, with the advent of satellite technology, we monitor these storms all over the world. We can watch them develop, strengthen, see how long they last, like with the giant hurricanes yeah. of the last couple of weeks, 
right? And using models, we can actually forecast how large and when these giant waves will arrive at various locations across the planet. Wow. So you, your phone rings or you get an email from basically all the top surfers in the world who want to ride the big stuff. Oh, yes. So these guys are definitely tuned in to wave forecasting websites. So, you know, you can get on your iPhone and look at where the giant waves are going to arrive, whether it's California, Tahiti, Australia. You know, these are these waves are the great what I call the great world travelers. Yeah. They travel all the way from the Southern Ocean around Antarctica all the way to California. Mm -hmm. And we can forecast these waves almost a week ahead of time. Wow. That's got that's a surfer's dream. You have a whole week and you and, and, and to get there and 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 are they are they are they ever disappointed to you ever like, you know, hey, you're looking at 30 footers and 40 footers and you end up with, you know, five footers. Does that ever happen? Oh, yeah. Of course, you know, like all great forecasters, they blow a forecast. But uh, what they these models, what they do is they take the information from these great storms and they feed it into models. And then at different locations across the planet, they actually have these buoys out in the ocean that measure the waves. Oh. And so you can update the model, all right, to verify it. That's super cool, man. So uh, let me ask you this, uh, switching gears just a, a little bit. Um, back to you being a surfer. What makes a good wave? Well, you know, these great storms, they generate waves of many wavelengths from, you know, a few inches or a few centimeters up to waves that have three to 400 feet of wavelength. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about waves is that depending on the wavelength, the length between the peaks and a big swell, the longer wavelengths travel faster. And so the first waves to arrive from a giant storm are usually these very small, um, smooth, long period waves. Right. The precursors. And of course, these are the waves that surfers love. You get essentially anywhere between 15 and 25 seconds between the peaks. And if the storm is large enough, these great swells can generate waves anywhere between 10, 25, 30, even 40 foot waves. And of course, the uh, the real surfers, the guys that and the gals that live the sport, these are the waves they love. They're smooth, mm -hmm. they have one large wavelength, and uh, and of course, it, it, as they hit these, these are the waves that. Uh, definitely all surfers live for and uh but that is interesting that waves the longer waves travel faster and so usually they're the first to arrive follow the next day usually by uh what we call storm surf which is mixed surf of uh -huh. all different wavelengths yeah okay many surfers call slop slop yeah okay. and so the, what you want are these long period waves that are the first arriving waves. Gotcha. So it's a, it's a small window of opportunity if it's only going to last a day or so. 
Yes, the the you know the the best waves are usually less than one day. And you're gonna you could travel half of the way around the world or further just for one oh, yeah, day I, I, on the uh, board. I forecasted waves. These waves, of course, I call them great travelers. Mm. They travel across what we call great circles, which is the shortest distance yes. from one place to another. But I've seen great storms in the Indian Ocean. And more than a week later, they arrive on the coast of California. And so these are truly world travelers. Wow. Wow. And that's from the, sta- the, the same... Uh, weather system, the same storm that created that, that one wave. And, 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 and that wave, so why is it that the waves, is, is it just a matter of inertia? Unless they're disrupted, they will continue to travel uh, around the world as long as they don't encounter any other force to, to stop them from being that wave? Oh, yes, exactly. There are, there are cases, for instance, the great, a different kind of a wave is a tsunami wave. Yeah. yeah. And some of these great tsunami waves that were generated in the Indian Ocean, mm-hmm. they were actually measured in California and even in the Atlantic. And so these are truly wow. great, yeah, great world travelers. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing that one single wave could, could pretty much traverse the entire, almost the, the whole planet. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, the other interesting thing is, is that sometimes you get giant storms in the northern hemisphere and giant storms in the southern hemisphere at the same time and they can essentially merge and create even larger waves oh stop it bill you're scaring me you're scaring me bill no i like that wave (laughs) sex that's a little wave sex happening right see what you've done now you've pressed that button in his head oh man you just made the ocean very sexy my friend (laughs) <laughs> All right, Bill, um, while we hose Chuck down, we are going to take a short break. When we come back, more with Bill Patsert, our NASA oceanographer and lifelong surfer. Stick around. I'm sure there'll be more. None of that, Chuck. Oh. More brilliant news about surfing and the waves in the ocean. Stick around. We'll be back shortly. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. 
Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk, code startalk. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, is playing, playing with, with science, science, but with a little bit of surf action thrown in. And yeah. we'll be talking surfing and wave science with NASA oceanographer Bill Patzert. And we like Bill because he's unlocked quite a few secrets yeah, for us so far. Yeah, he really far. has. And yeah. you know what? We're, we're not giving him his due. It's actually Dr. Patzert. I mean, I know. Sorry. I, no, no worries. We both did it. You know, I just wanted to yeah. make sure that people know that, you know, Bill is a PhD. We're not just talking to, you know, some guy who, hang loose is on, who hangs loose on the beach and no. knows some surfing tips. This man uh, has all bases covered. Okay, Bill, let's get into a little bit of ocean floor and how that can create the monster waves that we see from time to time in certain places around the globe. And what's that place you were talking about, Gary, earlier, uh, off, off air people? Uh, Gary was talking about this place in Portugal? Yeah, uh, Portugal's not possibly really on the, on the map of the big wave sort of thinking, but it has a unique set of circumstances under the, under the sea. Oh, we're not going to sing that song, but I won't. So, <laughs> Dr. Bill, please explain why Nazare on the west coast of Portugal is so special to the world of surfing, and in particular, big waves. Well, earlier we talked a little bit about how these giant waves are uh, uh, generated by these giant storms with the duration, mm -hmm. the, the fetch, and then uh, how they traveled across the planet. And, of course, when they approached the coastline, there are many different kinds of coastline, but the waves... Essentially, when they start to feel the ocean bottom, so now we're talking about geology, yeah. all right, is, is that the bottom of the wave will get cut out from underneath, like having your legs cut out from underneath you. Mm -hmm. Top of the wave moves faster. And this can happen over many different kinds of topographies. 
can happen over, for instance, uh, when you have ocean canyons that come offshore or ridges on both sides of the canyon as Ooh. the wave feels it, you can get these unique kinds of waves. Another kind of wave are the waves that break in the Pacific, like off Hawaii and Tahiti, where they hit very rapidly a reef face. Yeah. Get these phenomenal waves which create these heavy, heavy tubes that are so very photogenic. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, off Nazir in Portugal, there is a, a canyon, and essentially it focuses the wave energy in such a way that giant either South Atlantic or North Atlantic storms as they approach the coast will create these gigantic waves. Now, if I remember correctly, I think the tallest wave that's ever been ridden was that Nazir off the coast of Portugal. I forget the chap's name. Kelly might remember, but uh, I think... Garrett McNamara. Yeah, I think it was a 78-foot wave they estimated. Wow, 78 feet, people. Right. 78 feet. It's a totally phenomenal video. And, 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 And how... Were provisions made for his his family? Did they did they do anything to help his family after he was taken from us? This young man who surfed the seventy eight foot wave. Yes, spoken like a true Grammy man. You got to be believer. Thank you, Bill. I love it. You know, a lot of people have been hurt surfing. You know. Including myself, we all made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But, so no, really, you know, the, uh, this there guy. Haven't but been that many fatalities. No, no, no. I, 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 that's why I can joke like that um, because it it really isn't, and, and I'm sure he didn't die. Um, he didn't. Yeah. Um, um, so what is success when you? Uh, drop in on a 78-foot wave. I mean, do you shoot it and come out, and that, does that make it success? If you, if, you, if you wipe out at all, is it still considered riding the wave? What is considered success when you're dropping in on a giant wave like that? Well, for me personally, is being on the beach with that kind of a wave. I consider that success, you know? <laughs> Yeah, we hear yeah, you. I see. <laughs> but you see, if you're going to ride one of those waves, oh, Chuck's just no, he caught me off. With he yeah. caught me off guard with that one. I got to tell you. Yeah, the three All of right. us sitting on the beach would be successful. There you go. Right there. Uh, uh, you know what? You might as well put some bikini-clad uh, women next to us while you're at it, there, Bill. Yeah, uh, dream on. You know, the uh, but uh, <laughs> the you know the 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 men and women that live for these giant waves, of course, is to drop in. You know. But they get towed in, the don't bottom, they? Right up the face of that wave and make it out the other end. Right. But, Bill, it. is it right so, they get towed in because you can't paddle quick enough because these waves aren't moving at seven, eight miles an hour. They're moving closer to maybe 25 miles per hour? Well, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, Laird Hamilton, uh, essentially he pioneered these giant waves. Remember, the longer the wavelength, the faster the wave. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the real trick, the physics of uh, large wave riding is to be able to paddle fast enough to get into that wave. Right. And some of these waves are just too powerful and too rapid. And so Laird Hamilton, uh, he uh, pioneered this where they tow you in with a speedboat. Yep. Uh, water ski and, uh, and, and actually build enough 
velocity where you can catch up with the wave and drop off the lip. Right. And so, the, you know, that's really state of the art. All right. Now, for some purists, that's not acceptable. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I've seen uh, some really powerful surfers actually can drop into what other surfers have to be towed into. But, uh, you know, that changed big wave surfing, though, the tow-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Hamilton and his buddies. All right. So if I'm, because I'm now an all pro sofa, just because I've spoken to you, I've absorbed all of that talent. If I'm going to ride a vertical face of a wave 60, 70 foot high, what sort of physics is keeping me and my scrawny backside on this board as I descend? And what is keeping that board on that wave, because when you look at some of these guys, like like Gary said, it's almost like a vertical drop. Well, it is. It is almost a vertical drop. Well, the physics are simple. Is is that two things are working on a surfer? One is gravity, which tends to want to dump you into the water, and the other is buoyancy, which is your board, mm-hmm. which keeps you on top of the wave, and, and of course. It's a dance when you're on that board mm-hmm. is how to use the gravity against the buoyancy moving up and down the board all right, to stay in the wave, on the board. And if you have to, for instance, switching from one side of the board or from the front of the board to the back of the board. And so this is the great dance that all great surfers master. So they've learned, they've learned to change the center of gravity on the board by this little dance that you said, either left, right, or backwards and forwards. Exactly. Right? Amazing. And, uh, and, and so, the, of course, with the great surfers, like with all great athletes, this becomes almost intuitive. Yeah. It is intuitive mm. because it happens so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Right? So rapidly. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, and, and you can watch uh, – these people, when they ride these giant waves, mm-hmm. is, is that at such a high velocity with so much water overhead and so much danger if you get wiped out, how they uh, maintain their cool and maneuver on that board across the face of a 50-foot wave. It's, you know, that's uh, it's one of the great, great athletic feats, I think, of any sport. Speaking of uh, tidal forces and big waves... Um, could you surf a tsunami? Because when you look, when you look at a tsunami, like the terrible one that we saw, um, what was it in, um, uh, in uh, in the Indian Ocean, in the Indian Indian Ocean. Yeah. When you looked at the resorts where the, where the wave came in, it didn't really look like, like a surfing wave. It just looked like rising water, like Mm. relentless, unrelenting, rising water. So my question is, is that how a tsunami works or could you actually surf a tsunami? Well, in tsunami is usually caused by a large scale displacement, usually near a coastline in the ocean. Right, like an earthquake or something, right? Whereas wind waves are at the surface of the ocean, tsunamis go from top to bottom. So in the open ocean, the tsunami is traveling at about 500 miles an hour. Oh, get out. 500 miles an hour, dude. That's that's jet airplane speeds. That's amazing. Uh, And and it's it's only... uh, you know, a few inches high in the open ocean. Right. But as it approaches the coastline, 
and it starts to feel the bottom. Yes. That wave, all right, will slow down from 500 miles an hour. But when it comes ashore, it's at 50 to 75 miles an hour. So that's three times faster than a wind wave. Not only that, it's a wall of water. And whereas a wind wave might have a period between wave peaks of 20, 25 seconds. Right. A tsunami has a period of 20 to 30 minutes. Ah. So it's never ending. So when you see it coming ashore, it's coming ashore at 50 miles an hour continuously for 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. All right. And so that's a tremendous amount of power. And so, you know, that's a, a great myth that you're going to surf a tsunami. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So, right. you, you know, and that's what you hear about when you hear people talk about tsunamis. It's like, oh, dude, I'm going to go out. I'm going to shred a tsunami. And it, like you say, it's just, that's, no, that's no, all for effect. That, yeah. that, that just never is going to happen. Yeah, the physics are all wrong. The for physics surfing. are wrong. Awesome. Dude, that was because, amazing. Because you're a lifelong surfer, Bill, and you are a doctor, an oceanographer at NASA, what are your surf tips? If you had to give us one or two top surf tips, what would they be? Well, the, the most important one is use sunscreen. All right. Smart move. <laughs> smart move. Yeah. You know, that's See, he really mind. is a doctor. He really yeah. is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surfers, you know, I've been putting my dermatologist kids through college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, you know, I want to use the hell of a lot more uh, sunscreen. All right. 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 right? And, uh, that would have been easier on my knees and my shoulders, all right? Okay, absolutely. Yeah, like all great aging athletes, uh, you know, my body parts are all wearing out now. And so what I look for now is I like a nice six-foot day on my boogie board, all right? Okay. All right. (laughs) Plenty of sunscreen. There you go. Plenty of sunscreen and enjoy the boogie board. That's uh, listen, I'll take that advice. Yeah, you know? I'm good with that. That's, that's about as that's about as uh, as much as I can do anyway. You know, well, you guys are still young and good looking, you know, so, you know, uh, well, look at that. Zero. It's all a matter of opinion. I was going to say oh, for two ain't bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. Thank yeah, you, man. This was really fun yeah. talking about this stuff. I learned some stuff, too, which is awesome. Unlocking the science behind and particularly the physics behind surfing has been really quite an eye-opener. So to Bill Panzer from NASA as an oceanographer, Dr. Bill, thank you so much. Okay, Uh, thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. We are going to take a break, but please don't go away. You've learned the science. Now stick around and find out what it's like to ride the big waves. Yes, with the first female big wave world champion surfer Paige Arms. It won't get any better than this. Stick around. See you shortly. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? 
Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, is Playing With Science. And today, as you will know, because you've been listening all the way through, is surfing and the big waves. Bill Patsertz has given us all of the data and knowledge about why, how, where big waves go and come from. But really, there's only one thing we need, and that is what it's like to be on a board on a big wave. And for that, we need a surfer. And for that... We go to Paige Arms, who is not just a surfer, she is a professional surfer, but not just a professional surfer. She is the 2016 Women's Big Wave World Champion. Wow. Yes. Paige, welcome to Playing With Science. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. You are so welcome. Yeah. You, if I'm not mistaken, were the first female surfer ever to barrel at Jaws. How long ago was that? That was almost three years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what an incredible yeah. moment. How, how, when you emerge from that barrel, what were your immediate emotions? I was in complete shock that it actually happened. <laughs> I had been dreaming about that wave and that moment for a very long time. And it was almost something kind of far-fetched at the time. Um, I'd been watching my friends who get barreled at Jaws quite often and just analyzing what they do and the waves that they choose and it just popped up and came to me and I knew right when the wave looked at me that it was the one and the one that I wanted. <laughs> I, I read once when you you barreled that your nose drove it, the nose of your board drove itself into the face of the wave. Now there's got to be a reason why that's a good thing because I'm thinking I I'm trying to get away from this wall of water personally so please explain how that kind of works. Yeah, well it's not just the nose it's the whole rail line of the board. So All right. I was riding a 9 foot 
four inch board, which is about a foot shorter than what I'd say 90% of um, the lineup was on. And oh, why did you go there? Why did you choose that in, when you obviously bucking the trend? Um, well, it's what I felt comfortable on and it's a different board design that, um, my boyfriend and I have been working on. He's my, my shaper. So it's basically a shorter, wider, um, board that's basically made for using the rail line of the board to kind of, we say, um, knife into the water, which is basically cutting into the water at high speeds. You're making me a surfer dude, Paige. I'm learning all the language. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, um, it's a more technical way of riding big waves than the standard hang on and ride the wave straight and go to the bottom. It's um, basically taking riding a shortboard and doing this technical surfing that we do on smaller waves and taking it into big wave surfing. So basically I just rode a a smaller board that day and um, it was really clean and glassy and um, that doesn't happen very often at Jaws. Usually there's a lot of wind and bump on the face of the waves. And um, that wave in particular let me in kind of, I would say, easier than most. And basically I describe it as the nose of my board pulling me down the face. It gave me uh, momentum and speed um, to bottom turn and come up into this huge cavern of a bill. Wow. Has your style shape length of board become the norm have more surfers picked it up or is it just something that works for you um well there's quite a few of us riding shorter boards out there i still um like the the jaws contest last winter was really windy and really challenging and i ended up taking out my 10-4 which is a board that i've ridden a lot out there um, so there's a time and a place for certain equipment. It's like skiing or snowboarding. You choose your your boards and your tools for the day and the conditions. And for sure, there's a lot more people going shorter just because of the curvature of the wave and how um, steep the takeoff is. A certain radius only fits in that curve. So if you're going on a 12-foot board, on these waves that just doesn't fit in the curvature of the waves. So You've got the science yeah, down, haven't you? I was going to say, you're, yeah. you're, you're, so do, <laughs> you, do you study the physics of waves? Uh, do surfers do that? Or is it something that's more intuitive because it's like, you know, you, you, you figure it out because you're experiencing it? Um, I'd say a little bit of both. Like, for sure, I know quite a lot about um, why waves break and where and all of that. But Definitely, I'd say I would lean more towards just the feeling of being in the ocean. The more time you spend out in the water, it almost becomes second nature. Like it's not even a thought process more rather than just an action of knowing when a wave is coming or where to be. It's not, oh my gosh, am I in the wrong spot or do I need to be three feet more this way? You don't even think about it. You just do. So for sure, it's definitely more of an intuitive thing. Have you ever had any real bad wipeouts on a big wave because i've seen footage of you sort of descending on your backside down the face of what is a rather large wave yeah for sure definitely wipeouts are kind of all a part of surfing in general Mm -hmm. like um when you're teaching a friend how to surf and they're kind of at the stage where they're feeling a little bit self-conscious because they're falling all the time and people are looking at them well 
we fall all the time as professionals, so it's kind of a normal. Right. Um, but in big wave surfing, it's something that I try to avoid at all costs. Yeah, I've had yep. I've had plenty of sessions where I've gone out and ridden four or five really good waves in the course of a few hours and not fallen and not taken any wipeouts or waves on the head, and they've been very successful. Um, but then a lot of those wipeouts, you learn things that you wouldn't learn from if you didn't have them. So oh. it's all part of it. Like I've had, um, I've broken my shoulder in Mexico on a big wave mm. and I've had some, some really bad, um, wipeouts and injuries here at Jaws. Um, but like I said, they're all learning experiences and if you're not pushing it, then, um, you're kind of playing it safe and that's not usually how I like to do things. Do you like Chuck? Calculated and crazy. <laughs> Remember we did the NASCAR show, we talked about the drivers said, if you're not in the red zone, you're not racing. Right. Yeah. Similar, similar yeah. approach and attitude. Yeah. Uh, surfers, though, tend to be, I mean, you guys are, I mean, first of all, there's something wrong with you mentally. <laughs> So Chuck, clearly, Chuck, play nicely. No, nah, I mean, I've, I've, I like, I, I, you weren't here, but I said earlier in the show, I did it once, and that was enough, because being, <laughs> being dragged along the bottom of the ocean and then come up, and you're all, you have abrasions, you feel like somebody tried to waterboard you, like nature tried to waterboard you, you know, it's like nature hates me, it just tried to kill me. Um, <laughs> And then, and then you guys just get back on and paddle out again. Like, you, okay, so you're a little crazy. But um, at the same time, there's a real zen quality that you guys all seem to have about you. Is that because you're always facing impending death? <laughs> well, not all of my surf sessions are extremely dangerous. Um, That's good right to now, know. All after... After talking with you guys, I'm going to go get in the water, and it's probably only need a waist high, so it's really small. Um, but, yeah, for sure, in the big wave world, everyone that's riding big waves does have a little bit of a screw loose, for sure. You have to have that little bit of little bit of craziness, I guess. But um, I like to say that it's calculated, and, like, I'm not just, like, those wipeouts for sure happen, but it's one out of 10, you know, like most of my waves that I choose to, to paddle for and try to ride, I usually make. So it's, um, it's all a part of it. It's like you, the love for the ocean is what drives you and being in the water and riding these waves, you don't get any other feeling like that. And, um, you're riding mo moving mountains is basically how oh, I describe wow, it. Wow. What a great very, way to describe it. Very poetic. Hey, yes, very poetic. We were told that there's a place in Portugal, uh, Nazaire, where the monsters really do rise out of the deep and they, they can get up to a hundred foot high. Have you ever had the desire to think, yeah, I've got to go there and do that? Um, Nazareth looks like a beautiful place. I, the wave itself, um, looks very challenging and scary. It's not a picturesque wave. It's more about riding the biggest wave of your life. Um, right. I'd say 95% of waves that are big waves that are ridden there are mostly toe surfing. Toe surfing is, um, using a jet ski and, um, there's a tow rope attached to the back of the jet ski. So you have a driver that is in charge of putting you on these waves and picking you up and rescuing you from harm's way. 
mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. 100% relying on your driver to put you in the position on a wave to ride and surf these waves. So you're uh, so you want to make you want to make sure that your relationship with him is definitely in good standing before you go out there. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So you're holding on to a tow rope. Um, it's like I don't know, 15 to 20 feet long, and rely driver to just put you in the spot, and then um, you let go when you have enough speed and you're in the right position, and you just send it. <laughs> um, wow. It's a little bit different than paddle surfing, where you're on a board that's probably four or five times the size as far as volume, and you're relying 100% on yourself and all of the lessons that Mother Nature has taught you in the past to position yourself and be in the right place at the right time and to paddle your heart out to catch this wave. So it's a little bit different. You're relying on someone else and a machine to tow you into these into these huge waves. And that happens a lot at Nazare, and uh, it's absolutely insane. The wave just is a whole nother beast. Um, I'm sure at some point I will end up there, um, but right now I'm really just focusing on paddle surfing and big waves. That's kind of where I'm trying to... Um, make my mark. That's pretty cool. All right, bef- before we have to let you go, thoughts and advice for young surfers, and particularly the young female surfers coming through and wanting to be the new Page Arms. <laughs> Come on, you know they're out there. Yeah, for sure. I'd say if, like, if it's something that you truly love doing, then pursue it and give it all and um, work really hard towards your goals and just believe that anything is possible and just put your mind to it and your heart to it and work as hard as you can and um, you can achieve anything. Very inspirational. Isn't it? I tell you, as a young girl, I might go surfing this weekend. You see? <laughs> Going to add another one to the list. <laughs> Paige, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for yeah. your time and we wish you well on the water for whenever time you go out there next, which is in about 10 minutes' time, by the sounds of it. Do they still, say hang, do they still say hang loose? <laughs> Not really. Not really. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Do they still do the finger-thumb uh, pinky wiggle? Yeah, shakas, for yeah. sure. Okay, so that's, that's still cool. But, <laughs> but hang loose, don't, you can't. Nah. Yeah. We're I, d- dated. I, I'm a little dated. I guess I would have to, like, I have to find somebody named Moon Doggy. And... and, and, and <laughs> Don't worry, Paige. We'll we'll talk to him afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Absolute yep. pleasure. You take it easy, and it's been a thrill to have another female world champion on Playing With Science. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for your time. This has been our Big Wave Surfing special with professional world champion Big Wave surfer Paige Arms and, of course, oceanographer from NASA, Bill Patzertz. Hope you've enjoyed it. There'll be plenty more Playing With Science coming up, I'm sure, very, very soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.